Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stumps and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me is Travis Grossman. My co-host with the Cobos, Travis Grossman. I was about to I'm say. Fr- I'm fresh off a of vacation. I'm a little dusty. I'm sorry. That's all right, buddy. Spencer had some post-Thanksgiving uh, homework to take care of, so he's unable to join us for this one, yeah. uh, which I'm sure is a nice palate cleanser for everybody at home. Like, you had one where we were just all... You have a whole week of shows that's us acting like a bunch of crackheads. And now you get to hear me be a crackhead about Titans. Yeah, and then you know, now you're just down to, like, a crackhead and a half. So and a half. That's all of me. You're too, like... You're too on the low right now to be considered a crackhead, so I'm I'm one and a half. <laughs> I'm too tired to have like real crackhead energy at the moment. What's this in my pocket? Oh, it's a pen. I don't know, probably like a little I would say bullet vibrator, because that's immediately where my mind went and I don't know why. Can we sell those at Walmart? So I okay. <laughs> Buckle up. I <laughs> was with friend of the show, Case and Breon. <clears throat> Ah, yes, the lad. And we were going to get our buddy, T, a different TJ, who we both worked with at Journeys, his graduation present. Kaysen also needed to pick up, like, toiletries. I thought you were straight up about to say a vibrating bullet. Well, hold on. So we had to go get toiletries, and, like, he's Kaysen and I both can never figure out, like, which aisle just has fucking shampoo and soap in it. So we're going up and down the aisles. We pass through like the personal hygiene stuff. And like my eyes went condom, 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 cock ring and like stopped in my tracks. Yeah. And I was and like really loudly looked at Case and I was like, Walmart sells cock rings now? And like you got a and, whole line, dude. And I, I, I legit looked at Case and I'm like, this is DJ's grad present. And like as a joke... We gave TJ a Walmart cock ring, a Minions birthday card, Fuck. flex tape, <laughs> and like all of like the miscellaneous shit in the bottom of Kaysen's backpack and in his glove compartment as his grad present just to troll TJ. And like TJ's like opening this shit in the middle of Dino's. And as planned, got to the cock ring last. And he just like, he like slowly picked it up and like held it up to the light to make sure he was seeing it right. And I'm just like, yes, hold the cock ring up higher. I'm not in Dino's often enough to be embarrassed like th- by this. Please make sure the entire wait staff sees your pink cock ring, TJ. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was just at Dino's. Yeah? yeah, yeah, I hit it up ru- with Joel's family. Yeah, they rushed us out the fucking door because they were scared of our one friend Alex. 
I, I've just met Alex for the first time this week. Okay. And he's so my my coworker Jake, uh-huh. uh, his girlfriend uh-huh. who also works with us. We have a group chat, and then they were like, "Hey, there's this con called Teco. We go, every, yeah, we go every year. If you want to, like, so I might go to Teco with them next year." And they're like, "By the way, you should." And I knew the one guy they go with. <laughs> it might be an issue. We keep going. <laughs> Teco got moved to the summer now. Yeah, it's like in April. It's normally in April, but I think starting next year they've moved Teco to just figuring out because normally Teco and Steel City Con end up being the same weekend. Oh fuck me! So I don't know like when we plan on doing our next Steel City booth. Yeah, I don't know either. Whatever. So like, yeah, we'll figure it out when, when we get we, there. We get yeah, there. yeah, when we get there, we get there. But uh, yeah, so I met Alex for the first time this week, and that was a fucking treat. And that's not even my slice of life. Yeah, I got to work. It's not – I hate calling it Black Friday because it's not on Friday anymore. Like by Friday, everyone's just in Walmart to like scrounge deals and get extra food that's on sale. Like – but man – I've never stepped foot in a Walmart on Black Friday. Dude, it's – okay. So I've spent – what the fuck? What? What's wrong? We're lagging big time, boy. Hopefully that fixes it. Um, yeah, here, here's hoping we're not yeah. all just being attacked by Ultron bots. Uh, it felt like I was attacked by Ultron bots on fucking Thanksgiving. So I spent <laughs> like two fucking weeks unboxing and wrapping pallets for Black Friday. Like all the displays and shit that are up in the store. I just realized this. I really hope Joel's mom doesn't listen to this episode. Oh. <laughs> The amount of times I said the word cock ring. I'm sorry, Mrs. Basenbeck. I love you. I love your whole family very dearly. Your son's my hero, and I hope you know that. Um, But I spent like two weeks palletizing and wrapping these fucking displays. And I show up to work on Thursday at 1 p.m. The sales start at 6. Every single fucking sales pallet is on the floor unwrapped with a sign on it that says this won't ring up till six which for most of them was a fucking lie they were ringing up then but we had to tell people that they wouldn't and they i go and i clock in i'm like this is fucking weird and i don't know what's going on i walk to the back and they're like hey because we don't get trucks on yeah thanks naturally naturally so they're like hey we got nothing for you to do go out on the floor and guard some of the sales so I just stood in front of some shit. Go for risk a life and limb. <laughs> well, it wasn't like like it wasn't busy because that's when everyone's doing their dinners and shit and lunches. Mm-hmm. So it's like two ish p.m. and we're just bullshitting because like we're all just standing in front of the fucking kiosk things. Like, what are we gonna do? And eventually, it's like three thirty. We've had a couple people be like. You know, we had one that asked us, like, are we allowed to take stuff now? And we'd be like, no, we'd prefer you didn't because, you know, we like we were nice about it. We had one woman be like, I'm taking my fucking towels. I put them in my cart. And they, I know they won't ring up till six, but I need my fucking towels. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, the way you're describing it, a Black Friday at Walmart is just, like, not so much the I'm here to get, like, Christmas item gift sales. I'm here to, it's like. It's just, like. Refurnish my home. It's just like a grocery shopping Hunger Games. Pretty much. I haven't been on the floor once 
like yeah i've done, i've worked two and i haven't been a part of any actual sales lines but i'm getting to that okay so around 3:30ish one of the managers walks by and my friend tyler's like hey when do we like when are we supposed to tell people they can take shit so like we have an idea because like we're not going to be able to stop them for much longer this is yeah. at 3 fucking 30 and she says like in the afternoon on yeah. thanksgiving okay. yeah and like there aren't a ton of people but people are taking shit like they're looking at us making sure we're not looking and taking stuff and janice just looks at us and goes oh, i can take shit if they want oh no <laughs> and then they didn't come get us to like cuz we were our job for the night was to go into the back and hand out TVs cuz the way it works if you haven't been and I hope you haven't for your own sake <laughs> we want you guys to stay safe out there yeah uh they have lines where you get in line you get a number you pay at the like in the aisles they set these up you pay for TVs specifically I should clarify you pay for a television they give you a flyer okay and and you keep your receipt and you Take your car, you go around to the back where our, like, automotive garage is, and we have the TVs back there ready to load into your car after we've checked your receipt and the flyer and whatever to know what TV you're getting. Um, and so from, like, 3.30, we went on lunch at, like, 4.30 to be back before the sale started. Uh-huh. We just had nothing to do because we didn't, we didn't have to stop people. So we just stood in the fucking aisle and did <laughs> shit all. This sounds very exciting. So six o'clock rolls around. The sales start. We know we have about 20 minutes before shit hits the fan. Uh-huh. And we, we group up. We know who we have in the garage and yada yada. First couple people roll up. We had a deal going up for a 65-inch television. <clears throat> For about two hundred and fifty to two hundred eighty dollars, I don't remember the exact amount. On the flyer, there were two barcodes, one for the television, and one for the home installation service that Walmart offers for eighty dollars. I'll bet you'll never fucking guess what people were ringing up on the flyer. Oh no! And not not like the customers, our employees. So we had to send several people back around and be like, hey, they didn't charge you right. Please go back into the store in the fucking zoo. Reach <laughs> and give us 200 extra dollars. Go back into the kill box. And give us 200 extra dollars now, please. You've now passed go, but we get the money. <laughs> we now passed go. And surprisingly, for the most part, people were okay with this. I think in part they looked at the receipt and went, Huh, that was a better deal than I thought. And when they got around to us, realized like, oh, okay, it was a mistake. And they're not going to give me my TV if I don't go back in and fucking pay. <laughs> not going to give me my TV. My television. So that was my Thanksgiving. Loads of fun. And I thought that was going to be my big story for the week. And then fucking Sunday rolls around. Sunday. Sunday, we... So we didn't have a truck Thursday. So Friday and Saturday, we had two trucks each uh -huh. day. Fucking hell. Sunday rolls around. We finally get back to normal. We have a smaller truck, a smaller grocery truck. I have time to actually go out and stock. 
they send me up to the health and beauty aisle where said cock rings are. <laughs> where ye old cock ring lay. I actually had to stock some of the vibrators. <laughs> Unknowingly at first, I opened yeah. the box and I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, I didn't know we got these on this side. Um, in that aisle now, I don't know how recently you've been down there. We've <laughs> recently started putting our electric shavers and trimmers into a locked case because people keep stealing them. And it's the only thing over there worth any money. And <laughs> not the cock rings. Uh, I forget how much the cock rings are. I didn't look last time. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> that that's your mission tomorrow at work. I need like as soon as you get there, I need a text message with. It's like twenty five dollars after tax. Yeah, how much the cock rings are? <clears throat> so it is always my misfortune to be up there by myself without keys to that case. And it's a pain in my ass because then I have to go find somebody that with the keys, bring them back. Hope the, the customer didn't like just fuck off and die, you know. <laughs> I don't mean that literally, but just, you know. Yeah. They, they don't disappear on me. Hoping they didn't get blipped or anything. Yeah. And so this I, – I kept my cart parked in front of that case just to like try to disorient people and guide them away from it. Yeah, but dude needed a needed a razor, so he's looking, and instead of asking, and I noticed he kind of like eyed me for a sec, mm-hmm. and then he's like, he pushed my cart out of the way without talking to me, which like I don't care if you necessarily, but it's kind of fucking rude. PSA: If you're in Walmart and someone's stalking in an aisle that you need something and the cart's in the way, just ask them; they'll move the fucking cart. You don't have to contort yourself behind it. You don't have to push it yourself. Just go up to the stalker and say. Excuse me. Hey. <laughs> like, even hey, excuse me. I need something behind your cart. Could you please move it? And they will more than likely happily oblige unless they're not happy that day, in which case I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not liable. I'm not liable. So this dude pushes my cart out of, out of the way. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of rude. Whatever. I'm bracing myself for the eventual because I know I'm by myself. I'm bracing myself for the, hey, I need keys to the case. Do you have keys? And what I and when I realize it's coming, I expect him to say, "Excuse me, sir. Do you have keys to this razor case? I need a razor out of it." Now, for those of you at home who may not know what I look like, <laughs> I'm an Italian man, but <laughs> I am often confused as Spanish, Mexican, or Middle Eastern. I'm none of those things. But people like to confuse me for those all the time. I don't take offense to it. Oh, no. I'm so afraid this person used the slur. No, but... This hits Latrobe Walmart. I'm waiting for somebody to, like, really loudly call you a horrible name. He didn't call me a name. Instead, he looked at me, pointed at the case, and went, Keys? Do you have keys? (laughs) You're fucking kidding. Nope. You're fucking sick. Not a fucking bit. Not a bit. (laughs) You're kidding. So that was my Sunday. Wow. How did you respond? I kind of. What did you do? How? What do you do? I just kind of went. Oh yeah, sir. Sorry, I have to go get my manager. I'll be right back. And. Jared just did a spit take. I don't know what I was expecting, but you having like a complete nonchalant reaction is the funniest option. 
And he kind of, like, he didn't, he wasn't like, oh, or I'm sorry. It was just kind of this, like, befuddled, like, oh, oh, thank you. Uh, and he kind of, like, looked disoriented. His wife was with him. She looked disoriented. Um, that is hilarious. And I found my manager. I told him about it because he, he fucking chuckled. And we walked up and he got him his razor. Like, I don't know. Like, I, ooh. Like, there's some really casual racism baked into this story that, like, isn't funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't happening to me, I'd be furious. <laughs> but it happens to me all the fucking time. Like, you didn't even attempt to, like, say it as a full sentence. <laughs> yeah have i told hey, you, you about keys <laughs> have you told me have you told me have i told you about the time i went to a house party and someone thought i was spanish motherfucker i'm at a house party talking with people i don't know and this yeah. girl looks at me dead ass in the eye and says with no prior context before this i'm checking in on my friend to make sure he's okay because he's had a lot to drink yeah is that like a good friend yeah and she looks at me with no other context and says so do you like speak spanish what the fuck? <laughs> to which I laugh, say no, and walk away. <laughs> this is the life I live, Jerry. <laughs> like, it's not funny that these people, assuming you're like Latin X or whatever, would be like super diminutive and, to you. Like, that's not funny. And it's never fucking consistent. When I tell people, people think I'm Mexican. They're like, nah, man, you look more Spanish. And when I tell them people think I'm Spanish, <laughs> people go, nah, did you look more Mexican? I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, I've known from day one that you and I are just a couple, like, loud, nerdy, hairy dagos. Yeah, that, exactly. Like, that once is you, so once funny. Once I say, yeah, I'm Italian, they go, oh, shit, that's oh, what it is. Mamma mia. That's, <laughs> that too. But they're just like, oh, okay, now it all clicks. Like, that now I so understand. Also, I don't think, how you think of it, was it Dubak or Hall of Heroes last week that Spencer was like, yes, Mr. Italian with the name Bachman? Yeah. Was, I know it's not a super Italian sounding name, but like, I know one of my grandmothers, not the Nana that is always referred to, but one of my great grandmother's name is Mencio. My, and there's also I I can't remember. There's a lot of Italian in my family. I'm mostly yeah. Italian. I'm my mom is 100. percent Yeah. So I'm yeah. My mom's my mom's maiden name was Musi, and oh. then her mom's maiden name was Usolini. And my dad had this running bit where he'd tell people that they had to drop the M when they moved here, <laughs> which isn't true. I I had to think about this for a long time. I didn't know. I was like, is that true? And then I thought about it. I was like, wait, my grandpa fought in World War II for America. Yeah. So like – and they were both living here at the time. So there's no way they would have had to like drop the M for safety reasons because Mussolini wouldn't have been a thing yet. Yeah. Know? But like the concept is so funny that sometimes I'll tell that story. <laughs> that is really funny. I say with names like that though, like I, f I feel like your DNA strands is just spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Like – I'm so happy that, like, I get to tell Italian jokes. Oh, dude. It's just like, I, cause, like, I fucking love, I love pasta so much. There's, <laughs> I get to make pasta jokes. I saw this thing that was like, Italian people never shut the fuck up about how they're Italian. I'm like, 
Dude, imagine when we're all in the same room together. Yeah. And like, <laughs> we don't even have to use words. It's just gestures. Yeah. It's we're like, able to just like we tel don't, telepathically communicate. We don't like in public, I'll mention it and people will make jokes to me about it. And that's when I'm like, okay, I can talk about it. Yeah. But as soon as I'm with my family, it's just all we talk about is how fucking Italian we are. <laughs> There's a chance I'm legally an Italian citizen. No shit. Yeah. It depends on when my grandpa moved here. Um, and like there's some trace backing we have to do because Italian citizenship can work through bloodlines. And so depending on when certain things happened, we might be through my grandfather Italian citizens. That's awesome. Maybe. Which means I can vote in the EU, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about that EU. I have, I have a very <laughs> I have a very deep knowledge of a different EU. There you go. Well, um, now that my my deep, deep slice of life is done. Jared, ah, nothing happened to me this not, week. Not, nothing at all. I wasn't in Florida in Galaxy's Edge or anything. Most of my really funny slice of life stories, I have to save for Dewback because it's so Star Wars related. Good that I don't feel bad about taking up twenty minutes. No, not at all. Uh, very briefly, uh, Disney was a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time. Oh, okay. We're good to go? Yeah. All right. I wasn't sure if you wanted to leave extra dead space. Well, we okay. haven't got the other ones. So okay. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, we we stopped for like 30 minutes just because we wanted to make sure Travis's computer was ready to record tonight. Uh, she can be a little bit of a diva sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I had lots of time at Disney with my cousin Pierce. Uh, it was super, super fun. Had lots of, you know, really fun experiences that are mostly Star Wars related. So I'll be saving a lot of them for Dubak. So be sure to tune in to do back discussion next week so you can hear all about my adventures in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I think of anything else super interesting. Saw Knives Out. Oh, yeah. And Frozen 2. Knives Out was as fucking incredible as I was expecting it to be. Highly recommend. Frozen 2 was a lot of fun. And hopefully if Travis approves uh, my favorite song. For the movie will be the outro music this week. It'll probably be the outro music this well, week. Well, the Weezer version. Yeah, obviously. Because also, I want to talk to you because I don't feel like buying a ticket to go see it. But a lot of reviews I've watched have been like, "End the ending." And I can't talk about it, so I want to talk to you about that later. Okay. It has a cool. lot going on for a kids' movie. Cool. Like, there's a lot in between the lines that you like. I think they expect a lot of the children to just imply a soft magic system that went very, very hard, very, very quickly. So, yeah, go see Frozen 2 and Knives Out in whatever order you decide to. With that, I think we're going to jump right into the news this week uh, to avoid us having any more panic attacks with our tech and get this over with quickly. Helps if I actually have the notes ready. So our first story today is Karen Gillan reveals the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 script is done and wonderful. Karen Gillan is currently on her press tour for Jumanji The Next Level, but the actor is best known for playing Nebula in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Amy Pond ring a bell? Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> naturally, we were plugging her upcoming movie, uh, the actor was asked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is not currently on the MCU Phase 4 lineup, but is still expected to happen. In fact, Gillen uh, recently told Yahoo Entertainment that director James Gunn has completed the script for the franchise's install third installment and that it is wonderful. 
I can say that I've read it and it's amazing. Gillen said, we're all really excited that James is back to complete the trilogy because it wouldn't have felt right without him. It's a wonderful, wonderful script. During the interview, Gillen also revealed that she did not get the entire script for Endgame, despite being one of the film's major players. I didn't get the whole script, she revealed, but I got a good chunk of it so I could easily work out what was happening. Gillen also shared that her journey within a Marvel has been exciting and unexpected. While I, when I signed on to Nebula, it was eight days of filming when she was supposed to die in the first Guardians film. So to go on and be able to evolve the character and then have her be uh, have this pivotal role in Endgame was amazing, and I didn't see that coming at all. So yeah, it sounds very similar to uh, what happened with Poe Dameron and Oscar Isaac with the Star Wars movies. The new Star Wars movies, that is. Because Poe was supposed to die. Not in my life. In lad. The Force Awakens. Yeah, like whenever he and Finn yeah. break up for a moment. Yeah. Like Poe was just, just died in the crash originally. And then like Oscar Isaac basically sweet talked his way into being into two more movies. Uh, Good, because I love them. Yeah, movie. me too. I love Poe Hot Dameron. But yeah, this really exciting stuff. I'm so excited for Guardians 3. I'm really excited to see more of it. I love the style that James Gunn brings to those movies, even though I didn't love Guardians 2. I still love the environment of it. You know, I just I, I love the tone those movies set. And I hope that uh, Gunn has a better balancing act this time around than he did the last. I know he wrote and contributed very greatly to all the Guardian stuff in Infinity War and Endgame. And I love the way those scenes were written and paced. So I'm hoping for something more akin to that come time for Guardians 3. Travis? I like Guardians, and I like Galaxies, and I like them together. I want a third one. Yeah, you want a third one? I just don't want to cry as hard as I cry at Guardians 2. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> That's all I ask. Uh, I like it. I think the story has progressed to a point where you'd be beyond that. I hope so. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, like they have a clear thing of he's gonna be hunting Gamora down and yeah, all that fun stuff. Maybe throw Thor in there. Maybe not. Who knows? As Guardians of the Galaxy, who knows? All right, that's you're about, up. That's about it. Uh, let's see here. Kevin uh, Marvel Studios' is Kevin Feige confirmed the talk about future MCU releases at CCXP. I don't know what that is. It's a con. Oh, it's Brazil's Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, there might be some big Marvel Cinematic Universe news on the way this week on Marvel's Chief. As Marvel's Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feige is officially headed down to Brazil to present Marvel Studios during... Represent, not present. Just present the entire yeah. thing. <laughs> Here is the studio. I have it. In mine pocket. Uh, Foggy recently appeared at SDCC and Disney's D23, where we got we got announcements for a few little indie flicks. <laughs> uh, Foggy revealed both movie titles and Disney Plus shows with eight release dates for 2022 and 2023 having been revealed. Just release dates, no titles. Yeah. Um, it's also likely that Feige tees up footage from Black Widow, the next movie on release schedule, which we'll talk more about later. Yes. 
footage from the upcoming Eternals movie is also a possibility, as well as the first Marvel show headed to Disney Plus, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Something, something. Promise Feige would address something, something. Uh, Feige, Feige has plenty to talk about if the, he doesn't end up announcing new titles. Filled out cast for Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. There's a lot. We're going to get news about something probably. Yeah. Uh, likely we're, we're probably going to get more Black Widow stuff. I, yeah. I think what we're most likely going to get is like Black Widow, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Eternals. I don't I don't see him doing like the big X-Men and Fantastic Four announcement. No. At like like not at San Diego or D23. I think the day that happens it's going to be at one of those two, like the big two for Marvel. So, yeah, this is really exciting stuff. I lo- I love the way that the rollouts happen. Um, it's nice when they warn us that there's going to be news coming out that we don't get to cover this week. Yeah. Like, it's nice that we have something that we're able to look forward to the news that will happen. As opposed to being like halfway through a shift at work and your friend going bloop bloop. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. That was like, first of all, we called the Black Widow trailer. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that story Um, did turn out being true. And I woke up this morning completely having forgotten that we said that. And I woke up, saw it on the trending list on YouTube and went, oh, shit, that's a thing. Yeah. Click. <laughs> I was very happy that it happened on a Tuesday. Yes. And not at like 11.59 p.m. after we were done recording. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I really, really, really do want to see so- – I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier just started shooting. So there's probably not much. I would like an official, like, not concept art look at the show, like a still or something, like, of the outfits. Yeah. Like, give me something to nibble on. I would like to see how Eternals is doing right now. But, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Moving right along here. A uh, funny little story to throw in here. Uh, So, apparently, uh, Chris Hemsworth has been... Uh, barred by his wife to stop bringing home Mjolnir props. <laughs> uh, the Spanish act, uh, Spanish actress. What the fuck did I just click on that? Span- Unless his wife is a Spanish actress. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife, Eliza Pats- Pataki, says that she has to control her husband from putting Thor's hammers from front and center from their Australian home. The Spanish, a- the Spanish actress told the Australian radio show Fizzy and Whippa that Hemsworth had taken home a new version of Thor's iconic weapon every time he'd play the character. She said it, <laughs> she's, she liked, she likened the, she said he liked to pick inappropriate places for the props, uh, which she just wouldn't allow. Yes, he always picks the best places in the house, and I'm like, no, it's not going there. We have, <laughs> we have five of them from every movie we've done. Like, no, seriously. Uh, Thor has his two iconic weapons, Mjolnir, the short mallet seen in every Marvel film except during his appearance in Infinity War, and then he also has Stormbreaker. Clearly, Pataki was at her wit's end when the large movie prop made its way back to their Australian home. How funny, so no more hammers, the radio host uh, whipped a quiz Pataki, who laughed. 
Hemsworth's fourth standalone movie is the Norse god uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which we all know about that one coming. I just think that's cute and funny. Like yeah. I love hearing like the stories about actors and actresses who take their stuff home. I know everybody was laughing like it was like maybe a week or two ago where Adam Driver said that he has he was allowed to take home the entire Supreme Leader Kylo Ren outfit. Mm-hmm. Like cape, tunic, helmet, yeah, and a couple lightsabers. Yeah, like you said, he had one in the box hanging on his wall or whatever. Yeah. Which makes me happy to hear. Like, I used to think that, like, Adam Driver like had, like, early onset Harrison Ford syndrome. And, like, he kind of seemed already over Star Wars. But, like, hearing that he very was, he was, like, very happy to, like, take the outfit home with him makes me happy. And I just same thing with Chris Hemsworth here. Yeah. Like hearing the stories of like, oh yeah, I'm taking all of this with me because I love this character and I love doing this. Do you think RDJ has a full set of armor in his house? I think Robert Downey Jr. definitely has armor pieces. Okay. I know that like I don't know if he has a full set of Iron Man armor, but like I would not be surprised if he has like an a couple piece. helmets. An arc, an arc reactor. Oh, I was going to say an arm. An ar- yeah, an arm. Like something cool, like a repulsor. Um, I'm sure he has some stuff. I don't know if he has like a full suit of armor. I'm sure Chris Evans might have a shield or two. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think he definitely has one. I'd like sure. to think he does. I love the whole story that apparently Ryan Reynolds just stole the Deadpool costume. Oh, yeah. He like walked off set and they were like, hey, you need to give that back. No, I fucking don't. Yeah. I also love uh, apparently Ben Affleck was like, hey, can I keep my bat suit? And Warner Brothers was like for two hundred and fifty thousand (laughs) dollars. And Ben Affleck was like, can you help me take a selfie in the bat suit? (laughs) Like, dude, like how much money did you make off of this movie? Like I. If I had Ben Affleck money, you'd buy your bat suit. I would buy not only would I buy my own like the bat suit I wore in filming just just to say that I'm Batman and people are making replicas of my costume, I'd buy a replica of it. In like the ultimate flex. But uh Jesus Christ. Dude, at Galaxy's Edge so you could like, I don't remember how much it was. But you could build like a little tiny astromech or a BB unit at Galaxy's Edge. Uh-huh. They also sold fully custom, fully functioning R2, like R2 astromech Jesus units Christ. for like 25 grand. 25 grand or $2,500? 25 Gs. No, they fucking don't. Bitch, Google it. Later. All right. There is a universe where I like win the lottery or like find a fucking oil line underneath my house and become obnoxiously rich. You could never trust me in a Disney park with that kind of money because I'm buying two R2 units. I'm buying R2 and I'm getting an edgy black and red version for myself. Of course you are. Anyway, you want the next story? For once, I'm not demanding that I have Batman casting. <laughs> I'm going to share the love for once. The Batman cast John Turturro. That's his name. Yes. Right? As Carmine, as crime boss Carmine Falcone. I almost said Carmine boss crime Falcone. 
That is how we refer yeah. to him. Crime. Like, uh, what I just say? Fuck. Uh, Carmine Boss, Crime Falcone. Yeah. Sounds like my dad. My dad was have, just having like really bad lower back problems this past week. And he's like, ah, shit. My back bus, my back butt ass butt. My my back butt ass back butt hurts so much. And he just kept saying that over and over again all week. Good. My butt back ass butt back hurts. Carmine crime boss Falcone crime boss Falcone. <laughs> the Batman has cast another bad guy. Filmmaker Matt Reeves revealed Friday that John Turturro will join the film as Carmine Falcone. You know who that is probably. Shocker, he's a mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Totoro has had a long career as a character actor, winning an Emmy for Monk and earning Golden Globe nominations for Quiz Show and The Night Of. Uh, let's see. He's been in a lot of really good fucking things, like The Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He was in Transformers. Yep. Um, That's about it. I think he's a really good pick for Falcone. I agree. I think that's a really good, like, not casting the guy who's in, like, the weird Mariah Carey music video. Uh, like, he was a good Falcone. Or is he Maroney? Oh. In uh, Batman Begins? The one that is still around in The Dark Knight. Yeah, in Bat. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, me either. Anyway... But yeah, I think this is a really good pick. I know he can get like he can get like really wiry. And like I just I really want to see like that like I want to see a version of Falcone that is like looks all suave and sleek in the suit, but just as a person is just greasy as fuck. Oh yeah. And I think he can do that really well. And I also I'm not worried about these movies overdoing it with the villains because like Falcone is a great movie starts with batman beating the piss out of his gang type thing yeah it's if you have a crime boss it's very easy to be like and here's the random thugs you see him fighting in the opening sequence yeah um i'm not even like having a big cast like this just means we're gonna have a very open feeling gotham yeah you know and I'm i'm excited for that because we've never the Dark Knight trilogy is very much on rails, if that makes sense. I know what you mean. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, Ow. it's not this big, sprawling Gotham full of supervillains. Like, in maybe the animated series, I guess. Well, no, I, I, like, I, I agree with that. I think we haven't had a version of Gotham or Batman where, like... There's no point where at any one time in Gotham, in the Dark Knight trilogy, you can look and be like, I can see where four different supervillains are operating in the city. Yeah. But here's the big one that he used to take out right now. Exactly. Like I want to see Gotham with like I don't want to like I don't necessarily want to experience this villain for the first time in real time with Batman. Yes. Yes, I like the way that you put that. Like I like the idea that like okay, Riddler is active. Penguin is active. Falcone is active. Like mm. it's it, it feels a little bit more lived in. I think at least one of those we're going to see like the the dawn of that person. I think we'll yeah. probably see like the rise of the Riddler. Rise of the Riddler, maybe if we get a Harvey Dent rise of Two-Face. We've talked yeah. about Long Halloween before. Yeah, I, I do legitimately think we're on the warpath to Long Halloween here. Um, 
And if so, like maybe they just jump in just straight to Riddler so that the movie can end with like the big Harvey getting mutilated and that being like the precipice for the next movie. Uh or the um not the precipice, the the the, 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 the impetus yeah. for the next movie. Uh is Two Face coming into the fray. Uh but yeah, I think this is a great choice. Really, I, really good choice. Yeah. Faux show. Show foe indeed. All right, what do we got next? We uh, have, we okay, have a, Black Widow. We have a a girl from a team based uh, named after a spider, but not a spider girl. Nope, it's Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> Never say that again. We finally have the trailer for the movie Brown Recluse. <laughs> I genuinely, <laughs> full-heartedly did not see that coming. <laughs> like, not even a bit. Holy I was going to lead with Brown Recluse, but I know how much the word daddy makes you uncomfortable. Ugh. So I led with daddy long legs. Gross. And once I disgusted you, like, like I feigned you with the jab, and then I came up with the hook of <laughs> Brown Recluse. That's my response. I hate watching his head. When it's like not on the rest of his body and he's kind of like Hold on. hovering at me. Let me see. Oh, fuck me. Oh! <laughs> I'm holding a cursed object. <laughs> In every sense. Um, I'm not going to play the trailer. Only because we are still experiencing technical difficulties that I am working through. And... I don't trust my computer worth a damn. Okay, so we're just going to talk through the trailer then. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? Like, I already love the way this movie shot. I loved why? that, like, above, like, like the shot that's, like, them, like, having, like, the standoff and them dancing around each other that, like, boom, the barrels of the pistols are, like, practically against each other. Yes. And then they kind of, like, boom, boom, like, switched around each other in that spiral. We are and the like same the decision to like shoot that from above because it feels like it feels like it's being shot like a Bond movie or a Bourne yes. movie, which it should be. And again, like anybody who's like, oh, the MCU is all the same. Like it's genre movies with the backdrop of a specific superhero. And yes, a Black Widow movie should feel like a James Bond flick. And it already does. Like I'm not a like I'm not a Bond person, hot patocta pussy, but like I don't – but I've seen a lot of James Bond trailers. Yeah. And this felt like – this felt like the trailer for Skyfall. Yeah. Or I, Quantum of Solace or whatever. Like this felt like the modern-day Bond trailers. I – I leading into this, like this morning, I like I said earlier, I woke up to the trailer and went, oh, cool. And I clicked on it. That scene you just talked about sold the entire fucking movie. Right? Me. I was like, okay. If hey, it's gonna look, if yeah. It, yeah. If it's going to look like this – I'll go, I'll go see it three times. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. I love that. I really love Natasha's outfit. I think it which looks really good. One? All of them. I mean, I but think... I, the, I know which one you mean, but yeah. I think the white one... If I'm not mistaken, the white one is literally just like her black outfit, but white. Because she cool. has like a weird like shoulder, like yeah. clavicle thing. Because like it zips... But it looks like there's like some type of like bar and I can't tell if it's like fabric or like a plastique of some sort. But like I, I really I really love Nat's outfits for this. Um 
you know, not to like make the female superhero all about outfits, but like I we, call attention to everybody's costumes because yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm an outfit guy. Like you, we, you, you we have to sell to, me on a costume. We point to costumes and see, like we'll talk about a bat suit for hours. Yeah, you know. Uh, I always wanted to quantify that out loud uh, for any new listeners. Uh, I would be harping on that for Cap or whatever as well, as I have because he's wearing fucking hockey pads in the video game. <laughs> uh, but I really like the new outfit. I, I I just it has like a great aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, holy shit! I didn't realize I needed Red Guardian in a movie. <laughs> but you have it now. But I have it now, and I, I also didn't realize I needed David Harbor with like a Russian accent. Um, yeah, this movie looks like a lot of fun. Like, I really am looking forward to, like, another spy thriller in the MCU, kind of the same way Winter Soldier, pardon me, Winter Soldier was. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I also, I'm really looking forward to, like, a confirmation of where in the fuck the timeline this is. I know, we know it's after Civil War, I think. Or is it – it's either in the gap between Winter huh? Soldier and Civil War or between Civil War and Infinity War. I don't remember which. I would sooner assume Winter Soldier and Civil War. OK. Then it's that. Because she's not with – we don't Cap. see Cap. You're right. You're right. Yeah. This is definitely – because this is like right after she told the government to fuck off and she fucks off. Yeah. It's the, it's in that interim. Yeah. Because at that point, like she's still an Avenger. Yeah. And again, and I, I know I said this before, like, I really wish this was during, like, the blip years. Like, I really wish this was during that five years. Yeah, I I concur. Like, like I, I feel like, and I don't know, and I've used this example before. Maybe this is going to make, like, maybe this is going to be, like, the Obi-Wan and the prequels to, like, Nat in Infinity War and Endgame. We're like, we know where they end up and we're going to give you more of how they got there to kind of spice it up a little bit. We're going to fill in this character who hasn't had her own movies to fill in her arc. Yeah. You know? And like, and, and the other thing is like, I have a hard time believing that Black Widow is going to be the first one-off movie in the MCU. So like, I'm expecting to get more Black Widow movies after this. See, I'm not. I, I like, That would be so weird, though. It's the same thing that, like, with Star Wars, like, what do you do with the whole blank a Star Wars story label? I'm like, I'm sure they'll, like, are they going to go back to that eventually? Or do we only ever get two and that's it? Or do, like, whatever <laughs> the really new... funny. Or what if, like, the next... What if, like, the next trilogy is just to keep that brand recognition there? It's, you know... The Old Republic, a Star Wars story, or whatever the fuck it is. Or like, you know, Dawn of the Jedi, a Star Wars story. Something. I just think it's weird to like... Yeah. Not keep that like consistent arc that all the movies have. Now granted, like now Thor's the first one to go to four. Yeah, that's true. And so also, like maybe I mean, we're not that attached to like the uniformity now. I know Hulk isn't doesn't really count, but Hulk also is only at one film. But he doesn't really count. And yeah. Like there's that weird rights issue yeah. that has prevented it. Universal just doesn't want to distribute another Hulk movie is the problem. Yeah. Like that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Wherever the fuck She-Hulk falls into that is still beyond me, but who knows? Um I I also saw 
and I mean, granted, this was in reference to like. I think I think the tweet he was referencing had to do with uh, WandaVision and Loki playing into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I don't know if you saw the the Hector Navarro tweet that I retweeted today. No. Hector Navarro is basically talking about how the MCU is getting to the point where it is functioning like reading comic books. Mm-hmm. We're like, pick the ones that you like. Read slash watch those and dedicate your time to reading Wikipedia articles about the ones you about the ones you skipped leading up to the big event crossover. Right. And like, granted, I want to see everything in the MCU. I'm not complaining about that. Like. I am waiting for all the Marvel Disney Plus shows to start so that I could put myself through the ringer the way you have for all the DC stuff. Granted, I know you're going to be watching too, but like at least I feel like I'm pulling my weight with the TV. <laughs> part of part of the thing about that too is that they'll be releasing basically one at a time. Like yeah, like at most a finale might overlap with the premiere, and that's it. Possibly kind of like yeah. what happens on DC Universe. Like this week, we got the premiere of Harley Quinn with the fun of uh, the finale, the finale of Titans, finale. the finale, <laughs> the finale of Titans overlapping. But like next week, we don't have to talk about Titans. Thank yeah, fuck. <laughs> Much to your excitement. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you you're off. You're fine. I, I just have to unfortunately you. talk about Harley Quinn next next week. <laughs> uh, uh, I was really happy with this trailer. Like, this really excites me a lot. I was never unexcited for this movie. I know you, Spencer, and I have all like basically said the same thing. Yeah. Of you know, I don't I think I was. I would have been that excited for this before Endgame. Yeah, and like, I don't even know that I'm that excited for it after Endgame, to be honest. Just because, like, her arc finished. Like, not even in the sense of, like, she finished and now she's a different person. It finished and now she's dead. So, like, yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere else. Like, we don't get a movie of that fully fit, fleshed out character being tested or anything. It's just, like, she had her arc and now we're done. Yeah. Um. Well, in hindsight... Now, I know Hawkeye's getting the TV show with Kate Bishop and all of that. And I know that it's going to fill in his time as Ronan. But, like, there's a part of me that is starting to wonder if they made the right call. At the cliff? At the cliff with – not even necessarily with the cliff, but, like, how they executed that. That, like, maybe if there was a way – to like spare them both. And like, I don't know. Just the more I think about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was making sure everything's working here. Um, the more I think about it, the more I just wonder if. You would have a smoother dismount and more options with the storytelling. If both Nat and Clint made it out. Oh, of course you do. And yes. that like, if in theory that like, maybe you could redo that scene is. Since they both attempt to sacrifice each other, that like that was like sufficient enough point, in the point, eyes of the soul stone. Point five plus point five equals one. That like not even necessarily that, but like you must sacrifice that which you love, and that like they're the ones that crack the code. Yeah. That like you don't actually have to commit the act. Like you show how much you love them by stopping them. Yeah. And that like no, not now. Now you get the soul stone and both of you get to leave breathing. And like that way you can have Nat 
have her her moment and keep her alive. And same thing with Clint. But I don't I you know, I'm I'm armchair I'm armchair directing right now and spitballing and writing. And I don't know where these stories are going necessarily, so you know, that that whole thing that I just said could be written a completely moot by next year. Uh but I'm still very interested and I'm very much looking forward to what to do with this and first I've, it'll be our first review next year, I think. Yeah. It'll be your first review of the coming year, and I'm very happy to see Taskmaster. I hope Taskmaster is on the slowly growing list of villains who make it out alive. Oh, I can't promise that one, Chief. I know. I know his odds aren't great, but I'm hoping he joins the Loki, Vulture, well, technically well, Thanos Club. Vulture only lives because... He's a Spider-Man villain, and they have to. Mysterio's alive. <laughs> you're still you're still holding on to Mysterio's oh, still Mysterio's alive. Mysterio's fucking alive. There's no way he isn't. <laughs> I'm looking forward to like. I haven't watched the movie since July, but you know damn well he's alive. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to rewatch Far from Far from Home yet. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, because that's gonna be our big finale for the year before we go on break. Yeah, I haven't. Uh... I only have a couple episodes left. Yeah, I haven't picked up my Blu-ray yet, but I feel like Dubek just isn't gonna go on break. Probably not because of the Rise of Skywalker. Like we're just gonna like do like eighteen episodes around that movie by itself. <laughs> I also like kind of want to take time. We're spitballing live on the air now, but yeah, I want to take time and bulk up some episodes for Hall of Heroes too. I have ideas. Not even like I want to have debate episodes. Oh, totally. Like, I want to have the... Batman-Superman debate? Yeah, I want to have the Dark Knight Returns debate with you. I want to have the Civil War debate with Spencer. That one's going to be fun. Like, I want to bring on, like, as many people as we can for that. Because, like, I know you and I are very staunch pro-registration. I know friend of ours, Ian Stubbs, is pro-reg. And I know... I want to talk about the thing I had to write for my philosophy class. Which was? So we had to pick two... It was fictional slash famous characters, and you had to have a th- philosophical dialogue between them. And the day before it was due, because I'm me, I finally had the idea of how would Bruce Wayne react to the Sokovia Accords. I wanted. I actually did want to really want to talk to you about this. I almost forgot about that because I saw that like getting on the fucking airplane, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to go to Florida, and I didn't really get to respond to it. And I said very briefly. Absolutely, Bruce would be in favor of the Sokovia no, Accords, and I didn't follow that up with the caveat that I had in mind, which is the caveat for most things revolving around Batman, which is it is always dependent on what point in his career he's in. The same Batman who sat down to write the Agamemno contingencies is a thousand percent in favor of the okay, Sokovia Accords and the registration I will give movement. you depending on where he is in his career. I will, I will, I will allow that caveat. Like because Batman, like like at the at his height, like at, at the at Batman's pinnacle, when he is in the league. I say the Batman that starts the Justice League wants nothing to fucking do with that starts it. Yeah, but now that the league has been around for a while and the league is fucking huge, and he's recognized that at any moment everything could go wrong. 
who sits down and writes the Agamemnon contingencies, keeping in mind one day he might have to kill Clark, Diana, Barry, whomever. He is a thousand percent in favor of the Sokovia Accords or the SRA, whichever way you want to cut it. You know what? I'm Bruce still at the sure. beginning, Bruce at the end, leading up to either of those periods, probably not. This is a whole conversation we can have off the air when, or on yeah. the air, but not, not when we're having. Not right now. I just wanted to say I, I wanted I wanted to like put that caveat I, that I think Bruce, like Bruce in his prime, I think would be. Because I don't. If he, if, I don't think him writing up the plans. Though, here's the thing, that's in his hands. You know what I mean. He he still has the power in that situation. I think that's his problem. Not that he doesn't want oversight. He wants it to be his oversight. You know? I also like the idea of, like, you have all these countermeasures for us. What about you? And he's like, oh, I have one. It's, it's called, called the Justice, Justice League. League. That is my favorite. That might be my favorite Batman moment of all time. Like, that line. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah. I know it takes all of you gods to take me, so pff, fuck off. Uh but yeah, that's my little caveat. We can have that debate at a later time. We have so many good stockpiled debates. I know, I know, because we, you, you, Spencer, and myself are just hot take machines. Uh, we also got a really cool poster that all of my cosplay friends have edits. Uh, all my cosplay friends who do Black Widow already have amazing edits of. So, uh, uh, Matsujo cosplay Raylu cosplay and uh samurai jill all on instagram go follow them all because they're amazing at what they do uh it is time real quick we got two two last crisis images one that made you nut well there was a trailer oh well that has that image in it okay so we got um, an Im- another image of Kingdom Come Superman, uh, Batman and Superman, one of Batman and then one of Brandon Routh, Kingdom Come Superman, choking out Tyler Hecklin's Superman. Yeah. Um, we start Crisis on Sunday, dude. Yeah. We're at zero hour. It's tonight as we record is the last Arrow and Flash episodes pre-Crisis. So that is where we are there. I have six television shows to talk about, and I really only want to talk about two of them. One because it's ending, and one because it's new. So for the CW, I'm going to run through my notes cold, give like a very brief ooh, synopsis. Ooh, okay. I just wanted yeah. to take them off for a second, and, and they it like got stuck you. in my earring. Yep. Uh, I want to run through my notes. I wonder how many quick. people at home just went, Jared wears earrings? I wonder if many like I like, like I don't know the mental picture people who don't look at my social media have of me. Yeah, right. And I don't know if like at any point they went, oh, he wears like diamond studs all the time. Like I don't know if like anybody if that's like ever made it into anybody's head canon. They figured it out. They cracked the code. Yeah, <laughs> there's one person who listens to this show when I knew it. <laughs> That son of a bitch! I knew that fat bastard wore earrings. I don't say that about yourself. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> Love yourself. Thank you, buddy. Um, so I'm gonna run through my notes, run through like little quick synopses, nothing like I usually do, and and then go a little more in depth on Harley Quinn. 
and Titans. So I'm going to run through in the order that I watched them in the order that they aired. These are my notes for Flash 607, The Last Temptation of Barry Allen, Part 1. Are you serious? That's the episode title? Yes. We're off to a great start, folks. Hey, The Last Temptation of Barry Allen, Part 2, is airing uh, six minutes ago. So... Okay, here we go. A stretchy boy and a bloody boy meet in an alley. Why did it take this long for them to figure out that the doctor might be able to help? (laughs) MacGyver medical scenes are still pretty neat. When do we finally get rid of secret identities? It feels pretty moot at this point. You'd think I'd be sick of hallucination episodes by now. But you'd be wrong. You'd think. <laughs> no, only as long as Bruce Wayne isn't doing windmill hands. As it turns out, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, oops, spoke too soon. Ian Glenn's just standing in a window in the background of the Flash just doing fucking windmill hands. <laughs> With the fucking speed effects. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oops spoke too soon is my note right after the hallucination note <laughs> because it wasn't actually it was a fever dream Ooh, um, changing it up on you yeah I would enjoy the side story this time if Iris wasn't so clueless and Allegra wasn't so pushy Allegra is the ultraviolet person I talked about last week you say Allegra and immediately think of the girl from the fucking hitch Allegra Cole I immediately think of the fucking allergy medication well, I mean I think of the <laughs> allergy medication and then I think of Not like sponsored not sp- <laughs> no, I'm a Claritin guy myself. I get the great value shit, dude. Oh, you get that great value shit? Get the, it works just the same. I know. I know it does. I don't buy it. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. Spike that ball, Allegra. Well, that felt anticlimactic. This is fucking weird. Grant has grown so much as an actor. Wait, how does Frost know how to do doctor things? <laughs> Dick does flips and Frost does doctors. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, the answer to all our mental traumas. Drugs. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's not what you think. I uh, hope it is. Is <laughs> Fuck. Is this technically plagiarism? Barry's using a different kind of speed now. Yes. <laughs> is this technically plagiarism? Ooh, Black Lightning. Not the character. Literally Black Lightning. <laughs> Bloodwork giving himself his name is kind of weird. The intonation clued me in, but like... Yeah. I try. I try. Ooh, Black Lightning. And then, yeah. Black Lightning. Uh, Bloodwork giving himself his name is kind of weird. So, uh, keep it short. Barry gets infected with Bloodwork's blood, uh-huh. which puts Bloodwork's consciousness into Barry to tempt him to, like, turn him into one of Bloodwork's zombies. And the episode is mostly him having a fever dream, that, like, getting tossed around by Rams, uh, Ramsey and the Speed Force, at which point Ramsey's fever wins at the end of the episode. And now the episode that aired tonight is going to be them wrapping up that little subplot so okay. that we're ready for Crisis. Not subplot, but, like, wrapping it up to get rid of Bloodwork for the time being. So we are ready for crisis. Yeah. The subplot is Allegra is interning as a uh, reporter for Iris. Nash told Allegra that Barry is the Flash. 
Okay. And so, like, now Bloodwork knows that Barry's the Flash because he's been in his head. Allegra knows because of Nash. Everyone fucking knows that Barry Allen is the Flash. Everyone knows that Oliver, literally everyone knows that Oliver Queen is the Arrow. Like, he's given up his identity to the public. So at what point do, like, comic books move past the idea of secret identities? Like, just in general. I think it depends on the character. I think Batman needs to keep his. Besides that, who fucking cares? Clark. I'll give you Clark. Clark's fun. Clark and Batman are the, the only two that matter. I don't know. That's just something of, like... I think I think that's something of comic book antiquity that I want to see stick around for as many characters as possible, like situation depending. Yeah. And like, like I think it kind of comes with the like I am Iron Man kind of spiking that ball into who fucking cares who knows, you know, I think that works for Tony, though. It works for Tony. It works for a lot of characters, and especially in this day and age where everyone has a fucking camera in their pocket. Yeah. Someone's going to see you. Someone's going to find out. Yeah. I also think that's like why things like S.H.I.E.L.D in Marvel are interesting because you can feasibly have S.H.I.E.L.D. be like we can, you know, we can play off how terrifying government surveillance is <laughs> with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And kind of like play it for a laugh of like, oh, this person recorded Peter Parker suiting up into the Spider-Man suit. Nick Fury deleted his his videos. Yeah. He also doxed him and leaked his nudes. Like, yeah, you you can play that off however you want to. I, I like Peter keeping a secret identity a lot. Yeah. Um, um, this episode, Iris also wrote the Flash Disappears in Crisis article. Hence the, is this plagiarism because she's writing, writing something she knows she wrote? That's weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, she just like read it off the thing and she remembers what she wrote or if she just wrote it from the heart. Either way, you know, I it, the way. Oh, shit. So this is that, like, like the article from like season one. Yes. In, at the end of last season, the date rolls up, and now it's December 10th, 2019. So she knows – or December 11th, whichever. Um, so she knows she has to publish that article in like a day. Like they are 36 hours out from crisis currently in the show. That's cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That is really cool. I – Yeah. Like that article oh, I'm really done. waiting to see how the sentence ends then. Because I remember like Wells disrupts him. Like, founding member of the Justice, Dr. Wells. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm really hoping they just pull the trigger and like they founding could. member of the Justice League. And like, like maybe Arrow ends with like seeing the whole league. Oh, don't do that to me. Like, like way oh. further away. Like, 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 put it far enough away so that Barry does not have to like start working with Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman anytime soon. <laughs> but also, tea, even if he's just tee it up, even if it's the monitor being like, "Look at what you started, Oliver," and you just see the league for yeah. a second and then you come back. Um, that was that was Flash. <sighs> I hate. I refuse to accept the universe where Green Arrow started the chain of events that leads to the formation of the Justice League. Go fuck yourself. There's a whole bit where, like, they basically just say, yeah, Batman did it first in <laughs> in Earth-1. They're like, like, outside of Gotham, he's a myth or whatever, and Oliver's like, no, I was the first one, I swear, I was. It's like, Ollie. Ollie. Wait, wait, where do they say this? this and when is, is it said? This is in last year's crossover. Yeah? When they, the, when they first talk about going to Gotham is when uh they like bring up the idea of batman 
Because this one, he had been gone for like three years. Yeah. Right? So. That's funny. That's of, really funny. Speaking of Oliver. <laughs> no, honey, Batman was doing this long before you were. Um, That's hilarious. We move on to Arrow 806 Reset. Lots of dream sequences this week, huh? Paul Blackthorne is back, motherfuckers. Let's go. <laughs> I've missed him so much. <laughs> hey, I've seen this episode of Supernatural. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver figuring out it's a loop on round two says a lot about their usual day today. Not having a subplot every episode has made this season of Arrow so much better. This episode should have been called Thank You, Quentin. That's it. That's all my notes because I was too encapsulated by the episode. This is my probably one of that's my. That's a good sign. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of Arrow ever. Like just straight up. Um, Oliver and Laurel get stuck in a Groundhog Day-esque loop in an alternate timeline where Quentin survives and gets to continue being mayor. mayor. Yeah. And uh, the loop resets. He continues to be a young male horse. Fuck off. If any of you out there who I am assuming listen to what's happening right now have any artistic ability. Draw Quentin Lance as a young male. I horse. need. Yeah, <laughs> I need Mayor Quentin Lance. Um. Fuck. <laughs> so the reset happens every time when Quentin dies. It's been a minute since I said something really fucktarded on the air, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a solid like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a solid 30 seconds. Um, yeah, one of those boards <sighs> that they have in like factories and stuff. Like, we were blank days since <laughs> any massive incident. We were blank days since some Jared just, like, shat something out of his word hole. Like, we have one for each of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, How many days has it been since Kevin Spielberg for Spencer? <laughs> days since Kevin Spielberg. Day. Someone get me the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have another one that's like days since Cookie Cop attacks. Fuck. It's been a minute. He hasn't gone off on his own for a while. Hear that, you little son of a bitch? Um, so the they're in a they're in a loop. It resets every time Quentin dies. So the the loop always ends in some like the the chain of events gets bigger and bigger every time because there's because the monitor setting this up to be a loop. There's no logical end to save Quentin, and the whole point is to. Help Laurel to get to say goodbye to Quentin because Quentin's the reason she decided to become a hero. Yeah. Um, and to teach Oliver that he can't outrun his death. Like there's no way for him to deny what's going to happen to him. He just has to accept it. Which totally means Oliver's going to survive somehow at the end of this. He gets put – again, I'm pretty sure he gets put in his own like – he dies, but he gets put in his own like little – basically a personal heaven. Okay. That people get to like Felicity's going to get to join him in later, um, because we see mo the monitor take her. Or to he gets him. into a thruple with Felicity and uh, Laurel. Which Laurel? Laurel one or Laurel two? What? Earth one Laurel or Earth two Laurel? What? We went over this. Black Siren Laurel or 
Oh, original okay. Laurel. Yeah, you're right. Because Black Siren Laurel is now the current Black Canary Laurel. Uh, I don't know. Whichever one there's actual legitimate romantic tension with. Neither. Got it. Piss off. <laughs> Not since the soap opera days, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Moving on to Batwoman 108, A Mad Tea Party. Ooh. I'm sure Spencer's upset he's missing this because he loves his D-list villains. In quotes, this is vintage, bitch. <laughs> bitch. Uh, Mary making the best points. Uh, I, Duggery? Scott? The guy that plays Papa Kane is fucking killing it as an actor. Yeah. I'll explain that in, well, I'll explain it now. The The impersonator guy that I mentioned a couple episodes ago has been impersonating him for like two or three episodes now. Yeah. And like the little subtleties he's, the actor has been putting into it to make it noticeable, but like not to the point where it's just super obvious. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> is so good. Like it's so, so good. Um, why does Alice have a fetish for telling people her plans? Like, beyond the usual villain shit. <laughs> Why does Bruce have alcohol in his office? Because Bruce doesn't drink ever. Is that a Batwoman thing? Or has that just always been, like, Batman canon? Uh, what, that ba Batman doesn't drink? Yeah. He specifically, like, he fakes drinking. He'll switch shit out without telling people. I ever knew that. Yeah, he does not. He doesn't do it at all. He um, they they reference it in like Dark Knight Returns. Like, remember all those times you faked this out with ginger ale, right? Oh wow, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! I, I completely forgot about that. Yep. Which then begs the question: Why does he have a? Unless it's just for show. Why does he have a bottle of liquor in his fucking office? Anyway. Yeah. Or that, like, maybe that was, like, post-retirement, pre-exile. Well, like, maybe there's, like, a small window there where he was just, like... Fuck it. Yeah, where he's, like, you know, I'm gonna pour I'm gonna pour myself a, my dad's old scotch and call it a fucking night. <laughs> Moving on. Am I rooting for this marriage to fall apart? Yes. <laughs> this is not the time to have this conversation. You think I enjoy this? I mean, yeah, kinda. <laughs> If my if my girl Mary dies, I'm boycotting. <laughs> Alice throwing shade at my girl. She got to die now. See, you would be a straight white cis guy boycotting Batwoman for the most different reason from anybody yeah. else boycotting Batwoman. You killed my side character woman of color. How dare you? <laughs> I'm boycotting. Boycott, boycott Batwoman starts trending and all you see is Travis's tweets blowing up. It's just like they kill. They did kill a side character woman of color this week, but we'll get there. Uh, I actually don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, Alice throwing shit. Oh, I said that. They didn't list charges or read him as Miranda rights. Gotham sucks. <laughs> we knew this. We done know. We been known. This show is literally just Arrow. Why did you marry him if you don't know? What the fuck, Sophie? This was a great episode, oh. but a terrible lead into crisis. Feels like you shouldn't get emotionally involved with somebody if you can't answer basic fucking questions about it. 
Dude, that's I'm, just a basic rule for shit. Yeah, I'm so over the fucking marriage. So, not that I'm over it, I'm angry that it exists. Yeah, it's just it, it's just such a common like CW thread. I wouldn't I wouldn't even bat a fucking eye if they were engaged. If it wasn't as like commitment heavy as a marriage, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can see I can see this falling apart from here. They've been together a few years. This never got talked about. Also, it was a college relationship, not a high school relationship like I originally thought. Which like there were adults. There's a lot more weight to that. Yeah, uh, there is a weight to relationships in high school, but like it's a different kind of weight. Yeah, when you're a fucking adult. Especially for someone like Sophie, like the way she describes it in this episode, it's like, okay, there's, there's, oh, hello. Good job. Keep talking. Do you need my help? Just keep going. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of overshot my bounds. There's weight there that they didn't make a, a very apparent to me, but still not a fan of where that plot is going. Um, Alice enacts her grand plan to kill Catherine, the woman who marries Jacob when she goes missing, and is the one that convinces Jacob and Kate that, excuse me, that uh, Beth was dead with like fake reports. Yeah. So now uh, Kate Kane's stepmother is dead. Huzzah, I guess. And <laughs> they've framed. Huzzah. You know, we're there. This is our lead into crisis. Um, and Jacob Kane has been framed for it because of Mouse. Yeah. So, so that's kind of like Papa Kane's in prison. Everyone's kind of upset about everything, re- like reasonably, you know. And that's our lead into crisis, I guess. <laughs> The episode was really good. Like I really enjoyed the episode. It finally gave some weight to the Alice plot line. That's but it's a really weird stinger to have right before yeah. Crisis like, on Infinite Earths. They they have the like, and we're going to Crisis now bit at the end. Like last year for Elseworlds, there was a little bit that played at the end of every single show. That was a clip of like John Wesley ships, one of John Wesley ships flashes, leaving his Earth to go warn Earth One. Yeah, and. And for this one, it's Nash Wells after finding the monitors. Is Nash the one – because I watched the trailer that I saw on Twitter today that had like the 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 footage of Bruce in like the mech bat brace. I didn't watch the trailer today. OK. It was a trailer like actually has him like walking down the steps in the bat brace, which I really hope means that like we'll actually get to see him in the armor – like the armor proper because yeah. it looks like the 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 still we saw last week or the week before whenever it was was just the brace yeah and not the actual suit but is nash the one that kind of has like a doctor doom look going on so he has a more of an indiana jones vibe but like futuristic except at the end of this clip he finds He's fully excavated the monitor's, like, hideout, I guess. It's just this, like, little, like, rock wall with some symbols carved into it. And he's like, after all the searching, I searched to kill you, whatever, and you saved my life. And the monitor says something. The wall opens up, light pours out, and Nash gets sucked in. And I forget the character that Tom Cavanaugh is playing for Crisis. 
that that you're talking about because he has like a green like i don't remember that character's name i wish i did but it in my mind nash becomes him after he gets kind of like saved quote unquote by the monitor okay but we'll find out this week last cw show supergirl 508 Star Trek II, The Wrath of Ramakan. It's actually just The Wrath of Ramakan. Okay. Miscommunication remains the ultimate villain of the CW. (laughs) Both Flash and Supergirl have villains aside from Crisis. Wait, both Flash and Supergirl having villains aside from Crisis is weird, but at least Flash has handled it well. Ooh. For once, Supergirl's optimism is 100% correct, and I dig it. Oh, for fuck's sake, refer to my first point. That being the miscommunication point. Yeah. They have way too many plot lines to cover before Crisis, and this episode suffers for it. This was an okay episode and an okay lead into Crisis. Um, so it wasn't as bad as uh, this Batwoman was- is a lead in. No, but it was also not as good of an episode as Batwoman's episode was. Um, this That's episode kind of does some stuff with the Lena plotline. It does some stuff with the Ramakan plotline. Ramakan's the Earthbender I talked about that I couldn't remember the name of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Leviathan shit. There's the only, like... You prick. You did it again? Yeah. All right. Um, Keep going. I'm going to do it myself. Okay. The the only, like, really important thing to come out of this episode for Crisis... Yeah. ...beyond, like, every other plot line has been dealt with for the time being. Like, we have, like, effectively shelved everything else. Like, we can... Like, you can just kind of put a pin in the rest of the show. Yeah. Um... Fucking... What's his name? John's brother starts with an... I am just gonna mute myself while I futz with this, so keep talking. Okay. Um, John's brother Malavik has this, these ability to incept, Lena goes to do his thing because John believes in Malavik, everyone, he convinces everyone else to let, uh, Malavik help them. And so effectively at this point, John has saved his brother and cleared his conscience like completely. And so he, Malavik's like, I don't know what else to do on earth because like, I was kind of a douche here. And I want to atone for what I did. And John's like, well, go help on Mars because you can you can reason. <laughs> go, with the, go help on Mars. You can reason with the white Martians. They need your help. You said they, white Martians and I immediately want to go watch the fucking Justice League Caesar series Caesar series premiere. <laughs> can you tell how much the mic slowly sliding off the table just like stressed me out? Yeah. I'm talking about fucking salads instead of the Justice League. Um, but yeah, so they, that can be a good debate episode. We can finally do, we can like in full talk about that little conversation we had during Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. The, what pizzas does the members of the justice league eat? Yeah. We do that for the Avengers as well. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but so we send Malavik off and then the monitor kind of steps out and is like, you passed the test. Good job. And John's like, Okay, so you set Malavik free from the Phantom Zone and set that all in motion. He's like, yeah, I wanted to test you. 
because I saw during Elseworlds that you were like top shit. I wanted to like help you become the best you. And now you're going to help me beat Crisis. You know what just occurred to me? What? So the monitor has been like watching all of the events of the CW shows very closely, painstakingly to keep track of all of the moving parts. Yeah. And all the pieces on the table. Yeah. Travis, you're the monitor. Fuck! <laughs> you're right! I'm a black man with mutton chops. I'm a bl- <laughs> I watched the trailer today. And like I've seen images of what the monitor looks like. I today saw what the fuck like in detail the outfit was. And I was like, who put chops on this man? Uh, Whose idea was it to put chops on this man? I wish I could tell you. Okay, so. Before the biggin. No. Honey dicking me. Yeah. We got Harley Quinn to talk about. Uh, Harley Quinn is nice little 22 minute cartoon. Do you remember last week when we discussed the, the fact that birds of prey was going to be R rated and you said your one fear was that it would become the whole selling point of the movie would be here's your favorite character, Harley Quinn. And now she can say fuck that, but a cartoon. Oh no. It is oh, everything no. we didn't fucking want. Now. <laughs> There are a couple of really solid fucking jokes sprinkled in. Yeah. My favorite of which is like after the last time that Poison Ivy has convinced Harley that she needs to break up with Joker. Because that's what this whole episode is. Um, Joker sends a Joker-gram. And it's just one of his henchmen who fucking explodes at the door. And okay. so they're, they're standing in this dude's fucking blood and guts. And Poison Ivy's like, you're over him, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, like, there's something intrinsically romantic about a guy blowing up another guy for you. But, like, yeah, I'm totally over. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's so funny. That line is a ridiculous <laughs> sentence. Like, that's yeah, great. Like, that shit, if that's... And granted, my biggest problems with this episode was the Joker. So if we can move past that and it's just that shit between Harley and Poison Ivy... Was the Joker written like a Reddit incel? No. Because I heard a couple clips on like ads on YouTube. kind of. And like I was immediately like I just didn't like his voice. And I was like he sounds like he reads a lot of Jordan Peterson. He's incredibly narcissistic, which is normal, but he's also incredibly misogynistic. But like more than you'd expect. Like (sighs) – See, beyond him being a serial abuser, Joker never struck me as like exactly misogynistic. Like, obviously, like he's very much he's so, a piece of shit because, like, yeah, the, a the murders and b like the abuse of Harley. He very but like he never struck yeah. me as like a woman hater so much as just like he's just fucking violent. If that makes sense. They go out of the way to show that he just like it's hard to tell. It's hard to differentiate whether or not he's I want to be the guy in the limelight versus I don't want it to be Harley. And like oh, I think okay. I think the point is he just wants it to be him and nobody else, period. And also they play with the fact that he's actually in love with Batman in that like sick way, you know. I have so many mixed opinions on that. 
type of that way of writing Batman and Joker. It's it's very much still like he's just obsessed with Batman. I trust that. I trust like writing Joker and Batman's relationship like that in the hands of like a Scott Snyder. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like Greg Capullo did it well to an extent. Like I. That's really difficult to get it right without it being like. Considering this is probably the only time we'll ever even discuss it in this show. Okay, It's I think it was fine. Okay, because that was part of Harley's realization is that his only real obsession isn't the only yeah is Batman, and so that's like kind of her snapping point. Um, like the joke I told you, there are some jokes that land really well. There are some, and it's not even the joke itself; it's the way the scene is cut. There's no beat between lines. It's line cut line cut line cut line, and then there's no time for the joke to flow. And Sometimes the joke is just the fact that Harley Quinn is saying fuck a lot. So, you know, there's <sighs> that. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of this episode. But like I said, like, there are there were jokes that genuinely got me. There's one of when she's waiting. And so Harley gets arrested. Joker gets away. Joker says he'll break Harley out. Harley waits a year in Arkham. Holy shit. Yeah. Breaks out. Eventually breaks up with Joker. They get back together. Breaks up with Joker again. End of the episode. That's it. Um, in her stint in Arkham, she's like waiting in the visitation thing for Joker to show up because Joker's just gonna come to visitation. Yeah, at Joker's Arkham. gonna walk into the prison where he's a wanted, and um, at some point, Calendar Man's also there in Poison Ivy's like, Calendar Man, how long has Harley been here? 183 days, and his fucking wife and kid are there. And she's like, you remember how long Porn Clown's been in Arkham, but you don't remember your son's birthday? <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. And then and then Calendar Man goes, I come on, I know it's like June-ish. June-ish. And then the kid goes, it's okay, Dad. I brought you a gift and pulls out a fucking cactus, and the guards freak the fuck out and burn the cactus because Poison Ivy's there. You can control the fucking cactus. No. no plants within 50 yards of Poison Ivy. No wonder your dad doesn't remember your birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that shit is so funny. That's awful. And then, it, and then there's just this stint of, like, fuck, 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 fuck. And then another good joke. Like, I really want next episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my. You remember when Porn Clown got here? That's funny. Yeah. Porn Clown. That's why this show needs a TVMA rating. Porn Clown. Porn Clown. That's ingenious. (laughs) She also, by the end of the episode, has the red and blue in her hair, and she's wearing, like, a different outfit and shit, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were good things. There were really bad things, but there were also some good things. And I, even just like talking about it with you just now has made me a little more optimistic about the show, but given DC's track record right now with their original series. (laughs) Speaking of which. Titan season two had its finale this week after a messy setup. I thought maybe with a good Nightwing costume, they could pull it off. Oh, how I was wrong. They were the best of times. They were the worst of times. Here are my out-of-context notes for Titans 213, Nightwing. Oh, I should preface. 
Going into this episode, we were told Nightwing would suit up and fight. And that, in quotes, a Titan would fall. No way. Is that how? Like, literally? <laughs> not not what you think. It's whatever you whatever just went through your head. It is 10 trillion times worse. What's going through my head is the character that I know bites the dust literally falls to their death. No. Okay. We I will get there. Okay. Cuz I saw something about how another character could have prevented this from happening in a identical way to how this character prevented a similar issue. I'm going to let you ride. Here okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. For 2 I'm going to let you finish. Predictions off the top is that Rose dies. Oh. What the fuck do you mean, just the four of us? Three of you have superpowers. <laughs> Oh, he looks so fucking good. <laughs> Dick does flips. Dick does flips. <laughs> this is so incredibly cool and disappointing all at once. <laughs> I'm going to make Jared watch that fight so he can hate it. <laughs> Slade was dealt with way too quickly. Are you kidding? They really didn't want to animate that tiger, did they? <gasps> They're finally all in costume. I need a show of Don, Donna, and Corey. Hi, Bruce. Rachel and Gar are by themselves because they have nothing to do with the plot. I don't even know where to begin with this shit with Rachel. What the fuck is this? Is this a literal Kryptonian thing? A metaphor or just stupid? Really? Like, really? This show is a fucking joke. Am I supposed to be sad? Because I can't stop laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> they actually wrote Rachel off the show I'm wheezing. What? <laughs> they wrote Raven off of a Teen Titans show? Did nobody notice that? Or are they ignoring him? It's like Bruce and Alfred did the fusion dance. What the fuck? It really wasn't Bruce? What? I was right. Holy shit. What? I have a lot of questions. Well, I guess that answers one of them. And that's the end of my notes. Have a nice night, everyone. We love you three. Th <laughs> so. Wait, Bruce Wayne wasn't Bruce Wayne in Gotham? Bruce or Wayne. in Titans? Remember two episodes ago when I gave my like, this makes no sense unless Rachel somehow forced vision Bruce Wayne into all of their heads in this random diner in Nevada. Remember how I was fucking right? What? So at the end, of, I'm going to skip straight to the end of the episode. They're sitting at a table and Corey's like, hey, Mr. Wayne, thank you for getting us all together in that weird diner. You really helped us get our heads back in the game, which no, we fucking didn't. But besides that, he looks at her and goes, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never been to that town. Who was I, it? It was Rachel. Rachel incepted all of them to think that Bruce Wayne was there. That Bruce Wayne had gathered them all together. That is what they imply, because that's what they come up with in the show. That is... If Rachel did it, then why 
involve her making them hallucinate Bruce. What do you mean? Why did Rachel make them believe Bruce was there then? I don't think she did it intentionally. Oh, unless like this was Rachel thing subconsciously like with, made no, herself perceive Bruce Wayne. Yes. That's what happened. Okay. She didn't control her powers. She couldn't control her powers, even though she can control her powers, but she can't control her powers. She doesn't, they're changing. She doesn't know, but she knows how to use her powers. You see why I have a fucking problem with this show? Yes, I do. It's just confusing. <coughs> so, preemptively, Cadmus's plan is to sell Superboy to the highest bidder. Because turns out, Kryptonians go for a lot of fucking money. Yeah, I wonder why. So they've pre they've reprogrammed Gar's brain so that he'll just randomly have episodes in public, and then they'll set him loose in public. And the showcase for the bidding to start is once he goes nuts, they're gonna they're gonna throw out Connor and be like, "Go stop Garfield Logan." So, like I said last week, everyone has deduced that they need to go back to San Francisco for one reason or another. Rachel, Don, Donna, and Corey are all in Titan's Tower trying to figure out how they're going to break into Cadmus and break out Garfield. Hence, I keep forgetting that Beast Boy's real name is Garfield, and every time I'm imagining the cat who likes lasagna and hates Mondays. I mean, you're not far off. Because <coughs> he can only turn into a fucking tiger, remember? Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh... Uh, how much better do you think the show would be if it was just actual Garfield the cat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're trying to plan out their infiltration in the Cadmus, hence just the four of us. Bitch, three of you have superpowers. Um, and then they get the news alert that there's been a tiger attack at the pier. In San Francisco. I wonder what that could be. And they've all figured it out. They start driving there. The four of them in a car. And then they start getting shot at. I wonder by who. Oh, hey, look, it's Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. Because Deathstroke said, if the Titans ever get back together, I'm killing all of them. Well, the Titans are back together. And he's going to kill all of them. Um, As he's shooting at the car, they hear a body collide with the roof of the car. It's Dick in his Nightwing suit, and he looks so good. Where did he get the Nightwing suit? He got it from the from Stu the suit maker. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not going to fucking burn this one. Yeah. yeah, okay. You burned my last favor. Yeah. Um. So they kind of like do this thing, and Dick's whole plan for this fight is he's going to like somehow coax Jericho into controlling Slade's body. It doesn't work. Um. And so, in the like, they're fighting... Slade has complete control. He downs Dick. Ravenger shows up. They tag team Slade. They beat Slade. Ravenger gets the last hit off, takes off both their masks, locks eyes with Slade, and lets Jericho body hop into her. And now they're kind of like sharing Rose's body. Um, so currently Slade is presumed dead. But it's Slade Wilson. You never know. Um, the fight is fucking, uh, like, it's bad. It's really bad. It's, like, the choreography 
is meh and they try to hide a lot of it by quick camera cuts in that really bad way you know we're like you can tell they're cutting because the action looks terrible and they don't want you to realize it yeah and you know what makes it worse like the, the what makes you realize it beyond that is that none of the sound effects line up oh god like over top of a fake sword and batons hitting each other you have random electricity and sword sound effects it look like it is awful genuinely it is one of the, the worst. outtake should be my reaction to the fight <laughs> you can just do that yeah i'll sure it is one of it is one of if not the worst fight i've ever seen put the television wow it's like really i'm probably being hyperbolic it was fucking trash um somehow in that time everyone is now suited up um so like Donna's in her Wonder Girl outfit. Corey doesn't really have a super suit, but you know, whatever. She's Starfire. Uh Don's in her dove outfit. Obviously Dick's in the Nightwing suit. Again, yeah. Raven doesn't really have a costume. Um It's not like Raven has an iconic Raven and Starfire have iconic looks or anything. Nah, it's fine. Um So now that Slade's been dealt with. Rose kind of takes a breather and they go to or no, maybe she does. I don't remember. I don't fucking care. They go. Jeez. Oh, they go to the pier to stop Garfield where Connor is now like fucking dealt with Beast Boy entirely. Like that fight lasts two seconds. Obviously, it's a tiger versus a Kryptonian. Who do you think's going to win? Um, But in that process, how much kryptonite does that tiger have access to? None. None at all. Except for the fact that it's the color green. They remembered to color him in this time. They forgot to animate him. And what? It just like he bites Connor's arm and it looks really bad. Like you can just like tell that it's not on Connor's arm. And then he throw. I'll show you. I will show you all of this later. It looks a, it, a, I keep wanting to say obnoxious, but that's not the right word. <clears throat> it looks fucking abhorrent. That's the word abhorrent and he throws beast boy that's like, an sat word for a bullshit tv show yes throws beast boy across the fucking pier and now they're like now we have a reprogrammed kryptonian to deal with yay uh donna goes in to try to talk to him because she's the only one that can reasonably trade blows with him you know and that fight scene looks not quite as bad as the Nightwing Slade fight, but it still doesn't look good. Um, they have their scuffle. Hank shows up, gets his ass kicked, and everyone's kind of like in that reeling, like, oh shit, we have to fight a Kryptonian. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, Raven's off trying to cons like bring Beast Boy back because, you know... They can't be part of the actual plot. Um, it's not like Raven also isn't fucking magical and can't play a huge role in taking out a Kryptonian since they're weak against magic. Oh, honey, I'm getting there. So eventually she brings Beast Boy back through some one of her healing powers that she knows how to control, but it's changing, but she doesn't know how to control it, but it's changing and she knows how to control it. I don't fucking know. Um... Beast Boy kind of comes to his senses. She goes off to help everyone else. Um, 
it makes total sense that the the thing they're reliant on to like control Connor is the one character trait that they had to like shove down your throat that Dick has. So they restrain Connor with the lasso of truth and Raven's magic. Then Raven grabs a hold of Dick and this is all planned. Dick has planned this. Like he knows it'll work. Raven then like covers Dick and his mad and his her magic, which then puts him in Connor's subconscious where he can help talk Connor out of his rut. It, like he's kind of been shoved into a corner in his brain and it's all just Mercy Graves' orders. And he helps Connor come out of it. The metaphor I talked about is they're in this like this void, this black void. And to help him come out of it, Dick punches into the void and light pours out of it. And then Connor punches into the void and they open up this wall and they walk out into a field in Kansas in Connor's head, which again, like, is the, is the sunlight a metaphor, a Kryptonian thing, or just stupid? I'll answer. It's fucking stupid. Oh my God. They, they literally punching into the void. And so... <laughs> Through a bullshit metaphor and bullshit powers that Raven doesn't know how to control, Connor's back in his own headspace. Okay. And then, like, immediately deals with Mercy Graves. Like, doesn't kill her, I don't think. I don't, again, don't remember, don't care. Not even a second thought. Conflict is resolved. That's it. But then. Okay, this is the thing I was waiting to hear about. They, the Titans are all kind of standing there. The civilians from the pier kind of, this is like a carnival kind of thing. Okay. When I say it, like a boardwalk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the civilians all kind of come out of hiding and they applaud for the Titans because they did a good job. Even though somebody definitely got mauled by a fucking tiger. <laughs> and then Donna, like this little girl's missing a doll and it's over by the Titans and Dawn picks it up and is like, I'm going to give this doll back to the little girl. Walks over. Little girl, is this your doll? Yes. Well, that conversation's happening. A transformer tower that is busted at the hinges begins to fall, and it's apparently covered in electricity. Because fuck you, that's why. I get it's a transformer tower, and that can happen. But also, fuck you. And <laughs> the tower begins to fall, and Dawn's trying to get everyone out of the way. Everyone is now feasibly out of the way, and she is. Th this thing is not that big. She could so have feasibly. Dawn, like Dove? Yes. Or Dawn uh, as in Donna Troy? This is Dawn as in Dove. Okay. Dove is trying to, like, she's already over there giving this doll back, is pushing people out of the way. Everyone is feasibly out of the way, and this thing isn't big enough where she can't roll out of the way. But Donna, Donna Troy, then bursts in with her super speed to catch the Transformer Tower, gets electrocuted, drops the tower, and slumps over dead. In the most unceremonious, bullshit death ever put to television. I will fight anyone on this. I was angry. I'm still angry. Like, I laughed because I was like, there's no fucking way she's really dead. There's no way. The visual in my head looks absurd. It is. It, it's more than you think. It is like, how the fuck did th is this the cut that made it? How the fuck were they like, 
Okay, we have like, to kill. That's it. She just gets jolted. Isn't she? Isn't she a fucking Amazonian? Like a Themyscira? Like yes. Like Diana? Yes. And now she's dead because a tower fell on her and shocked her to death. And I fucking hate it. Everything about that scene moving forward from there is dog shit. Like, I already wasn't a huge fan of the episode, but I was like, whatever, it'll probably be fine. It'll work itself out. No, it just gets worse. So, Don is dead. Not from any reasonable conflict, just because. Because they needed to kill someone off for the, for the big season cliffhanger. I guess. Well, it's not much of a cliffhanger if she's dead. <laughs> like, hear me out. They're having her. They're having her funeral on a random ass airstrip. So it's the Amazons taking her back to Themyscira, and then the Titans and Bruce. <clears throat> and where's Diana for all of this shit? Ah, fuck. Who cares? And probably, you know, I don't, I'm not even going to fucking humor the show anymore. And in the, during the funeral, Rachel's like, I want to go with Donna because she thinks her powers can bring Donna back to life. I think, I think that's what's implied. What can Raven do in this show? What can't she fucking do in this show? Oh, I know. Be important. <laughs> Like the writers have really dropped the ball with Raven. They just don't know what to fucking do at all. They just they can't fathom how her powers work. They can't fathom how she operates as a character. They can't fathom how she's supposed to interact with these other people. And it, it ugh, it's bad. Like it when when they're like, I think I need to go to Themyscira with Donna. Donna's corpse, by the way. <laughs> Donna Troy's corpse. I really hope she's like, I have to go to Themyscira with Donna and just opens up the casket and just climbs in with her. (laughs) That would have made it so much better. (laughs) I might not hate it as much. Because at least then I could laugh at something at this point. Um, They're going. She's going to get revived and become Troya. That's where they're going. But. What? I don't care where you're – this show is the ultimate – well, we got to an end point with this character. They had an arc. We swear. There's a beginning and an end point. Obviously, that means they had an arc. That's what this show does. Do you plan on covering season three? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to watch this show like I watched Sword Art Online with fucking hatred in my bones. So – because, like, I feel the need to, like, give you an opportunity to jump ship at the end of every season. I have to know. I have to know. Like, I have to know. So, at the end of season one, Garfield has killed somebody. Garfield Logan has murdered somebody without realizing he's done it. Like, he he knows. Yeah. But he didn't have that much control over himself. And he's really struggling with that. He doesn't know what to do. And it kind of gets shelved this whole season. He brings it up once. As if he's dealt with it, and he clearly hasn't. And now he's killed several people. Granted, he was brainwashed. Yes. But he has murdered several innocent civilians. Like, at least the guy he killed in season one was an evil scientist. 
He has killed innocent people in the town he lives in. And he just fucking gets over it in ten seconds. Oh no. <laughs> and like part of that is Dick's Dick's had a legitimate almost real arc this season. An almost arc. Where he's realized that you can feel guilt for something and move <laughs> on from it. Like yeah. you don't have to bear just because just you are partially guilty for a situation does not mean that you have to bear that burden forever. Like there's a point where you have to admit that something wasn't entirely your fault and there's nothing you could have done. I, granted, I've not watched the fight between Robin and Deathstroke that results in Jericho being it's, killed. But it, like it's not like Dick is Dick is knocked on the floor and he's about to get killed and Jericho hops in the way. So at that point, Robin feels a Dick feels a sense of responsibility where if he had been better, if he had fought better, something could have been changed. You know, yeah. Okay, a, that that's still. But again, like the overly like, edgy. I murdered Jericho. Yeah, but and and again, he's learned. Like his arc is to move past that. And even though it wasn't done well, <laughs> it was done. At least it was a real arc. It's something tangible that I can look at. Unlike any other fucking character in this show. Sweet Jesus, I hate this show. <laughs> It's so sad because you were really feeling it in the first couple episodes. They they took any good thing they had and plummeted it straight into the fucking ocean. Like, I don't – I think what makes me the angriest is the fact that I enjoyed the beginning of the season because the things I enjoyed about it were never supposed to be the point of the show. Mm. But it was such a good concept. Like watching Hawk, Dove, Robin, Donna, Troy – they could have had a whole season building up to the death of Gar- of uh, Aqualad. Yeah. And then this next season introduce Starfire as they're rekindled. Like they have to get back together to deal with Dr. Light. turns out they have to deal with Deathstroke again because of a th- something. I, I completely know. forgot Aqu- Aqualad was in this season. Right. Until you said it right now that Aqualad got assassinated. Yeah. So maybe have – because like – because the kids aren't any real part of this plot. Starfire is the person that kind of holds them together when they start fighting again. Like when they start having that like – do they, they disagree about the next actions they should take. Starfire is the one that's the level-headed one because she's been out of the situation. Yeah. You could have had that whole dynamic without Beast Boy, without Raven. You could keep in Jason and Rose because they at least do something. But like – there is so much potential in this story if you axe out two of your key characters and they won't do that. So well, I guess they have now because I don't know how much of a role Rachel's going to play next season. Um, but obviously her and the actress for Donna Troy are not off the show. So that's where they're going. Like They will both be back. Um, they They have like a I don't even care about the Hank and Dove, <laughs> Hank and Dove, Honk, Hawk and Don. Hawk and Don? Hawk and Doss fucking <laughs> subplot of them Hawk breaking and up and I don't care. Hawk and Doss! I'm so fucking over the show. <laughs> and like, they had such oh, a good slade. Their Nightwing is really good. They're so, like, oh my fuck. I... You deserve a veteran's discount for this. 
I deserve prescription painkillers for this. My God, Travis. Jesus Christ. I. That was dark. I'm finding it hard to fathom how much I hate hate this ending because Garfield seemingly has not does not give a shit about what he's done. Yeah. Connor hasn't had an arc, but he's hardly had any screen time. Rachel hasn't had an arc because the showrunners don't know how to write her. Corey hasn't Corey has slightly started to have an arc that's based in nothing about her character that we've seen so far and will apparently be the focus of next season because our cue out of the show is setting up Black Fire on Earth. So Black Fire is going to seemingly be our big bad next season. Um, so she's barely ha- been able to like do superhero shit. And now is oh now, yeah. Now we're setting her up as her villainous. Also, her ego. powers aren't working currently in the show. Like at the end of this episode, her powers just aren't working. I'm sure it wasn't a budget issue. Um. <laughs> you have Hank and Don who have at least had somewhat of an arc, but it le- ends unresolved. And like, like I said, by the end, I was just so fucking angry. I don't care. Like that's the one. They are the one speck of this show that has remained pretty much untarnished. And it's like they they aren't quote unquote together at the end of the season. They're still mad at each other in some capacity. Yeah, but like at least they got there organically, and like the place they're at as characters feels organic because they're the only part of the show written well. Dick is close. Slade is there too, but like. When the rest of your key cast isn't – you have to tell me why I give a shit about Donna Troy. Yeah. That's – you know, that's that's it. That That explains the whole thing. You have to tell me in a monologue why I give a shit about Donna Troy. You know? And – from this point, I don't – like at the end of season one, I, I said clearly they recognize their mistakes and they're going to fix them in season two. And at the beginning of this season, even after that Trigon episode, I said clearly this is the shambles of what was left from season one and they needed to get rid of it. They needed to use it. And now they're ready to move on and I thought they had. And instead, as the plane began to took off, the whole fucking thing exploded. It's the Challenger. Well, Travis, I thank you for your time. Harley Quinn better make me laugh, you motherfuckers. I hope Crisis is good and makes you happy. I I am very, very sorry that this is the hand you've been dealt. And I hope season three is better. I hope it's either watchable or laughably fucking bad. Don't they can't stiff arm me like this again. They can't get so close and then fuck it up again. You know? Yeah. Travis. Yeah. Where can the lovely people find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Travis Political. Where I'll definitely be complaining about the recording session tonight. Not because I've disliked any of our conversation, but because my computer's a hunk of junk. 
Jared. Yes. Where can the lovely, 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 I, we don't deserve you people find you? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552, where I'm going to spend the rest of the year posting pictures from Disney World. Uh, be sure to check out my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay. Uh, check out any of the members who are going to be at Steel City Con if you're going. I'm not. I do not have the coin to go from Disney World into a convention. Uh, as much as I would have liked to have met Carrie always, I'm not going to be able to make it to this one. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, uh, including our Return of the Jedi audio commentary that came out this week. <clears throat> Two movies left in our Skywalker saga audio commentary rewatch. And also all the Star Wars news you need to get you through to the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, check out Wicked Wednesday, Goran Moore, Down the Rabbit Hole, Jerk the Curtain, and Dubak Sports while you're at it. Uh, with that, be sure to tune in at the same bat time to the same bat channel, and we love you guys 3000. Again, you're gone off on a different path than mine. I'm left behind Wondering if I should follow You had to go And of course it's always fine I probably could catch up with you tomorrow But is this what it feels like to be growing apart? When did I become the one Chasing your heart Now I turn around and find I am lost in the woods North is south Right is left When you're gone I'm the one who sees you home But now I'm lost in the woods And I don't know what path you are on I'm lost in the woods Of how I never thought it was a question of where.